it a pleasure to have with us this Monday, International Vice President with the Teamsters, President of Teamsters Joint Council 7, and Secretary Treasurer of Local 853 in San Leandro, California, Rome Alois. It's a pleasure to have him. Rome and I have actually met in person and hung out uh, together. Rome, did we meet in Chicago or Vegas and hang out there? Both good cities, but I can't remember which. Uh, Let's leave it at Vegas and with happens in Vegas. <laughs> we can actually make it sound a whole lot more fun, right? Even though we did have a good time hanging out. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk about a choice that Google, specifically Google Express uh, workers ha- have made in their choice for representation and to represent them as union workers. Um, and, uh, you know, first of all, uh, tell us about this and tell us who these workers entail and what they do at the uh, company Google Express and the Google Express services. There are about 150 warehousemen, packers, shippers, receivers uh, that work in a facility in Palo Alto, California, that uh, uh, pack the packages and get them ready to be delivered uh, by the Google Express drivers. Um, that We've seen their little bands, I'm not sure, every place in the country, but in California we've seen uh, quite a bit of them going on. So it's a direct result of our other organizing with the bus drivers for Google and uh, Facebook and Apple and everybody else. They came to us, and once they started describing their working conditions and what they were making, it uh, was evident that they needed representation. Yeah, I want people to understand when a company, whether it's Google Express or, or you know, hundreds of others that have you know reached out in the past and continue uh, now to reach out to Teamsters, um, in this situation – they wanted improved working conditions, and they wanted to have better treatment on the job. Um, and everybody should have that. And everybody, I feel, needs to have somebody stand in the gap on their behalf, as the Teamsters does and will now for Google Express. Yeah, I mean, they they basically got tired of um, pretty horrendous uh, conditions uh, in, in California, you know, in, in Northern California, Palo Alto, that city that Stanford University is at, they're working with uh, 150 people in a building with bad lighting, uh, restroom facilities broken, toilets broken, uh, floors that are cracked and divided so that they're running carts around the um, floor with packages on them and people are getting hurt. I mean, it was uh, amazing for me to hear, especially since it affects the these people are, in effect, working for Google, um, even though they're technically working for a third-party contractor. It is Google financing the whole thing. So it was amazing to me. And, uh, these people got fed up with it and, and started to read the press on other people standing up for their rights, and they decided to do the same thing. And, yeah, i got to say, honestly, when um, your folks' room sent me this, I was shocked because Google has tons of money, one. Two, you know that the Google offices, I mean, you've probably been there, Rome. I have. My brother-in-law works there. And it is true that they have heated toilets. It is true that they have a cafeteria that's open 24 hours with food from around the world. They have daycare. They have yoga. They have massage. They have gyms. They have dry cleaning. They have Starbucks because they don't want anybody to ever leave work. And it's so much – it's so nice there who who would want to. So I was shocked when I saw this. Like you said, it's not Google, but it is a, a division of Google, if you will. Absolutely. I mean, they these third companies hire third-party contractors to do kind of the dirty work, so to speak, and so they can distance themselves uh, 
uh, from it. But, you know, effectively it's Google paying the bills. And um, I'm, I would uh, not believe somebody telling me that uh, they didn't know what was going on there because there's Google people in and around this whole operation all the time. So um, it's it uh, was amazing to me, given the wealth of uh uh, Google and, and the power that this company has that they would allow a third-party contractor to treat their employees. And by the way, this third-party contractor, Deco, does it for Google all over the country. So it's not just this one location. Well, hopefully this will be the uh, beginning of things to come uh, for uh, workers that work under ADECO that are doing this for Google Nationwide. Let's talk, you touched upon some things, and, and let's talk uh, more specifically. Um, lack of ventilation. I mean, it amazes me in 2015, and I'm sure, you know, I know, Rome, you see and hear a lot more of this than I do, but to have somebody have lack of ventilation in their workplace, I mean, we've heard of and we expect some of the corporate meisters to give low wages and they shouldn't or poor benefits, but not proper ventilation? Is is this something, I know you said you were a bit surprised and you saw that it was Google, uh, you know, a, a Google subsidiary, if you will, but... Were you surprised at this, or is this something that comes up a lot? I mean, to have an environmental condition that, such as that could definitely affect not just production, but a worker's health. Oh, exactly. It's an old building. It's actually an old meatpacking slaughterhouse is what it used to be um, in its former life. And um, the air conditioning didn't work on, at times, and um, it gets hot in there during hot spills in California, and... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. We do see it, you know, uh, now and again, and there's things that uh, I'm not surprised sometimes by what I see uh, workers putting up with uh, for very little wages. And um, But it, it was a shocking that it would be connected to Google and have Google's name, in fact, on it uh, that was really shocking to me. Uh, no question about it. I, I also want to uh, talk that, the, and this was something that bothered me as well, because I, I try to put myself in people's shoes when I read things like that. Um, workers alleged that they were subjected to constant harassment at work. I, you know, I worked for a real SOB years ago, Rome, and he was like sexually harassing me. And I, I, remember the, I remember the dread getting out of bed in the morning and how long the week seemed and how depressed I was as an employee. And this was when I was very young, and there weren't even the laws in place, and I wasn't working uh, as a union worker. I didn't have the great protections that Teamsters uh, would provide. But these people are being harassed constantly at work, and basically the conditions are poor, and the company's pushing them to work faster. And, uh, you know, like it reminds me of, you know, cracking the whip on the back, you know, cracking the whip on the back of the worker to get them to produce more and ignoring poor conditions such as the lack of ventilation. It it, it just blows my mind, again, that in 2015 we still have anybody, especially corporations like Google, the profits that they have and the profits that they pocket, um, allowing something like this to to, to happen at all, never mind get to this point. uh, It is astonishing. Um, But And some of these people are, are taking, you know, driving 40 and 50, 60 miles to get to these jobs. Uh, which shows just the, you know, the problem with uh, decent jobs um, being provided here. In Silicon Valley, we want the people that our whole campaign throughout the Valley is to allow people to 
be paid decently because these people that do this work are what makes these companies billions and billions of dollars. It's, of course, their engineers and everybody else uh, are vitally important to the company, but without these support workers, the people that clean the floors and guard the buildings and cook their food and pack their packages, uh, they wouldn't be making all this money, and they seem to be the forgotten group. Uh, fortunately, they're starting to stand up for themselves. They're um, one group organizing and is giving another group strength, even in the face of horrendous anti-union activity during this campaign period. They hired union busters, the worst anti-union law firm in the country to represent them. But even in the face of that, these workers stood up um, because they want something better for themselves. And that's, that's what we're about as a union, and that's why we're involved with this. And it's not just ventilation for people listening, saying, oh, you know, seriously, I mean, you have constant har- harassment, you have low wages, you have poor benefits. Add to that the lack of ventilation, poor working conditions, like damaged equipment, cracked floors, and failing electrical systems that not could but have actually resulted in fires again. You're threatening the life and the health not just wealth and happiness uh, of, of a worker. Uh, now, you said there was great pushback um, and intimidation uh, by this organization uh, toward the employees in the beginning or all the way. And I ask because, as, as you know, um, they're now saying in, in, in interviews um, there, there would not be and will not be any retaliation and that the company expects no interference with this decision by the vote uh, by the employees. Um, is it, it, is it, it, it couldn't have been more opposite. Okay, tell us. I mean, they uh, hired the, this law firm, um, Jackson Lewis, uh, this specializes in union busting, hired people to be on the floor uh, during all the shifts, talking to people, harassing them, threatening them, um, captive audience meeting, meetings where they go from threatening them to where they go back to pleading for forgiveness. And the day in between the votes, there was two sessions here because of the way the workforce is scheduled. Uh, they were going around promising people to get them jobs in this particular place. They sign on and they fire them after two years, regardless of anything else. They only work there. They only can work there for two years. So obviously that was an issue with the people. They're working hard. They're doing the job, and then they just get cut loose in two years. So uh, the people were the ADECO was going around telling, promising people new jobs someplace else, which they couldn't have supplied, uh, which is a violation of federal law, I might add. But they. Uh, they were desperate not to lose this election because they're worried about how it's going to uh, transform their other location. So they pulled out uh, every trick in the book to try to convince these people or scare them or intimidate them into voting against the union. It didn't work. So um, this is a strong group of people that finally have had it. And I think we're going to see more and more of this uh, throughout the Silicon Valley because um, people are fed up. They just think, you know, what they do is important, too, and they should get a piece of that pie. Let's talk about the pie, especially in Silicon Valley and in uh, San Francisco, in the Bay Area, Northern California, but specifically Silicon Valley and, and, and right around San Francisco and the Bay. Income inequality, Rome, you know, is an issue. It's top of voters' minds. Both uh, Democrat and Republican or people don't want to have a political party. It's important to Americans. But the income inequality is a huge problem in Silicon Valley and and the Bay Area, right? I mean, you know, you have these mega, mega millionaires and billionaires, 
And then you have these, you know, really, really hardworking laborers, as you mentioned, like at Google Express. And, and then when you just look at the housing prices, it's off the charts. Talk to us about some of the income inequality, uh, the big problem and the challenges there for workers in Silicon Valley in the Bay Area. Well, the, the biggest example, I think, was the fact of these bus drivers before we got involved were making 17 and $18 an hour, working for 12, 14, 16 hours a day to get paid for eight, and driving around the engineers and the software developers and everybody else that are making 150, 200,000 and upward, living in downtown San Francisco where rent is rent and affordability for anybody that's not making in the $100,000 plus makes it impossible to even live near San Francisco, much less in it. And it's it's a blatant example of the division of wealth and the diversity, you know, the whole um, inconsistencies of what goes on. So somebody's making maybe $30,000, $36,000 a year driving these high-paid people around um, and not getting benefits or anything else. We've started to correct that slowly but surely, um, but uh, that was the starkest example to me of it almost was like um, the uh, horse drivers driving around the servants of days of old. You know, that's what it brought the images to me of. And so that people understand, I mean, I can't imagine what it would feel like to be shuttling around these tech company employees to and from work who have great houses, who don't even have to drive in, in the traffic, and, and then just the divide in the paycheck, the divide in the uh, benefits and services, and certainly the divide in the type of homes they live in, the neighborhoods they live in, and the schools that their children uh, attend. Um, you know, you, you touched upon it, and talk more about bridging this gap uh, not just with the truck drivers, but in Silicon Valley in the Bay Area, and, and how this can be something nationwide eventually. Well, I think it's important. I mean, with if, if you don't increase wages and people's ability to afford decent health care and provide for their families and maybe put something away for the future in the form of some type of a pension plan, um, the, the situation is just going to keep getting worse. And we have the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer and uh, not being able to afford not not the luxuries of life. I mean, not even to buy a house, but to rent a place that's decent and where they're not driving 50 and 60 uh, miles to work every day because they can't afford to live anywhere near where they work. And it's a situation that can't be sustained, I don't think. And I think the fact that we see people coming back to unions now. Um, in our area, in Northern California, it's we're very busy with organizing, which is which is music to my ears because that's what we should be doing as a union. But bringing people, we're getting calls every day now from groups that are tired of being mistreated and tired of not getting a fair shot. So they're starting to call unions. And in my mind, that's the only way you're going to really bring back a working class. It used to be called a middle class, but I don't even know if there's such a thing anymore. Um, many of our members do very well, and they still can't afford to buy a house in the Northern California area. So it's it's something that we see every day, uh, even with our members we already have under contracts and some very good contracts. If they don't own a house already, uh, they're moving further and further out to try to buy one, and rents are... Um, 
astronomical in, in the Northern California area. So I think without unions, every place in the country starting a resurgence and starting to um, bargain collectively and start to push to get something that's uh, decent and a livable middle class wage, uh, we're going to we're going to see a lot a lot more problems in this country and. Um, the candidates that are running for president better pick up on this uh, and stop giving them lip service and starting to talk about how uh, we can really bring the economy back and bring this division of wealth closer so that at least there's some semblance of equality in this country. Very well said, Rome. We'll leave it at that, and thank you for being with us. Rome Alois, International Vice President for the Teamsters, President of Teamsters Joint Council 7 in California, and Secretary-Treasurer of Teamsters Local 853-853 in San Leandro, California. By the way, this was all under his leadership. Can you imagine that, you know, people reached out to him, and they said, look, this is what we're facing day-to-day in our work lives, what we're facing day-to-day in our personal lives. And look what this guy and the Teamsters have done, the changes they have brought about, the progress that has been made. My hat off to Rome and certainly to the Teamsters.